Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's head to the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline and talk to Barrett Salee. Barrett, when's the last time you drank an Anchor Steam? I don't know if I ever have, actually. Well, man, let's, you better get on He's it. He's part of the problem. Yeah, you really are. He's part of the issue. <laughs> but, I mean, let's be honest. You could not really be further away from the brewery. I mean, it's in San Francisco and you're in Atlanta, so, I mean, you guys are not exactly right up the street. And there are plenty of good beers that are no, coming out of Georgia. No, it's not walking distance, that's for sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, if you did, you'd lose a lot of weight, though, and then you could drink all the beer you wanted when you got there and not put any on, so it'd be good fine. Point. That's a very good point. Okay, so uh, what else I was going to ask you about? Oh, let me get your thoughts on the Pat Fitzgerald situation and um, who's finger, who, who do you want to point fingers at? And then also we'll talk about SEC Media Days in a minute. But let's go back to Northwestern for a second, even though Wes said nobody cares about any sports that happen outside the SEC. Uh, you know, I point fingers at – or I, have, I only have two pointer fingers, but I point them at Pat Fitzgerald and I point them at the entire staff. You know, I think it was failure all around. Obviously – we know why it's failure on Pat Fitzgerald's part, but it's not like some of this stuff was hidden, right? Like the players knew about it, assistant coaches knew about it. There was, you know, there was evidence of this literally just by walking into the football facility. Uh, so that's something that can't be and shouldn't be ignored. On top of that, the first investigation was clearly conducted to not find much to do enough to, you know, punish Pat Fitzgerald, but not enough to fire him. And then to the newspaper's credit, the student newspaper's credit, uh, they dug in deep and they found everything that, that needed to be found. And they also went on the other side and found people standing by. And, and that's a credit to the newspaper as well. So to me, um, you know, it's, it's Fingers being pointed on the administrative side, fingers being pointed on the coaching staff side, um, and, and Northwestern should really be ashamed of itself. And look, I know there are old school folks, and you know there are a couple that work in that company that I'm friends with, that I work with, that say, well, this is, this is just uh, so soft. Well, okay. I mean, look, I, I think in some respects, some of these things that I've heard, you know, being accused of are soft compared to previous generations. Some are not. Some are extremely concerning and extremely inappropriate. So yeah. I just, it's just failure all around. And I mean, Pat Fitzgerald for a guy who is like literally a legend, probably the big, the biggest figure in Northwestern football history mm-hmm. to have it in like this. is just, it's, it's almost unbelievable. Yeah. It is shocking. I suppose in the big scheme of things, and he's, again, still denying that he knew anything about it. I will say that I read a, something from the, his attorney yesterday. What else are they going to say? But they suggested, and I guess they'll have a chance to prove it in, in a hearing of some sort, maybe if they get to that point, that no new information came out in the newspaper reports. All that was in the investigation. So there was nothing that was revealing in the newspaper accounts. So I guess we'll find that out if they ever release it, or if they go to court, they'll have to, I guess, talk about all that in open court. Well, yeah, I mean, and he's got a pretty decent case there, right? You know, it, it does seem like part of the issue became public perception uh, and, and that Northwestern acted almost exclusively on public perception after the initial facts were were released. So, yeah, he has a case. You know, I kind of likened it to, um, to the Jeremy Pruitt case in Tennessee, right? Uh, Jeremy Pruitt should have been fired, 
But Tennessee also like actively dug up as much as it possibly could to fire Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> so, you know, and he has a case there. So, mm-hmm. you know, billable hours are undefeated. We all know that. Pat Fitzgerald's going to get a nice chunk of change from Northwestern. Uh, it's not going to be zero. He, yes, they can say he was fired with cause. Um, and maybe that's part of it, but they're also going to settle on a pretty good chunk of change for uh, for Patrick Jones to take either off to the buyout life or wherever he goes next. Yeah, what do you think? We were debating that the other day. I, I my claim is certainly not the next job, and I don't know that he'll ever get another Power Five gig. Um, do you think his future is still relatively bright? The guy's not even fifty yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a football guy, right? He he can. He can find somewhere, right? I, I think that it'll have to be in his assistant, and it'll have to, you know, pay his sentences and move on up. Um, but it's not going to be like the Art Briles situation where mm-hmm. he's blackballed. You know, Art Briles went to Italy, and he came back and got a high school job and was fired two days later after the off back. Like, that's not where— Student newspaper got him again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not the situation. He, he's going to find a place. I mean, DJ Durkin got a job. Yeah. Right. Like it's, he'll he'll be able to find somewhere. It's just going to take some time. And look, honestly, does he want it? Like he's a football guy, he wants to be on the sidelines, obviously. But if you get a good chunk of change, you can go live the buyout life forever. That doesn't seem like a bad life to have. No, I'd love to. I wish I, I wish I had a buyout potentially. Retire uh, at forty-eight. Yeah, it'd be a good gig. I don't think he will. It doesn't matter. Um, I was going to ask you. Oh, let me ask you this. One last thing on this. Would you let your son play for Pat Fitzgerald? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a good question. Thank you. Probably not. I'd let my kid play for Pat Fitzgerald without hesitation. Well, before, if I knew all the details of what happened, no. No. But then again, if I knew all the details of what would happen, those things probably wouldn't happen anymore. Listen, here's so, the deal. I would send my kid to Northwestern, mm-hmm. and I would say, first of all, great job academically, because otherwise you wouldn't have gotten in. <laughs> Second of all, I would say, uh, since you play left guard and not center, I'm not worried about you taking any naked exchanges or, or anything. And then the other thing is I would tell him to stay out of the car wash, and I think he'd be fine. Yeah, and I'd say definitely keep yourself on scholarships because I ain't paying that tuition. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about that. All right. So next week, uh, SEC Media Days, Wes pointed out when we looked at the initial list of the players that were attending, it is very quarterback light, which I think is a basically the story of the league this mm-hmm. year, right? This is the probably least heralded group of signal callers maybe in recent history, maybe that I can remember certainly in the last 10 or 20 years. Yeah, um, I was thinking that too. You know, we've had situations where, like AJ McCarron, Johnny Mandel, James Franklin for Missouri, Nick Marshall for Auburn. Like, it's well, Nick Marshall better rest of the week before, but uh, he was supposed to go. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's been you know, there's been times where there are eight or nine quarterbacks. I mean, even when when Matt Corral went, he wasn't even the starter, and there were like nine quarterbacks then uh, at media days. And I think that kind of goes to show you just kind of where the conference is. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think we all expect Georgia's quarterback, whoever it is, to be a star. Um, I think we all sort of think that Ole Miss's quarterback, whoever it is, will be fine. Uh, but it's it's definitely quarterback light, and to me, that's that's wildly intriguing, especially when you kind of look at the other coast because the Pac-12 is so quarterback heavy. 
does it mean anything? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it means anything, but it, it's very interesting when you look around and see that outside of the SEC, particularly in a conference that's been sort of a punching bag, um, there are still some dudes out there. So, I, yeah, it is, it's going to be fascinating to hear what they have to say. Well, and there are only four running backs going. And it, I guess that may be a sign of, you know, people platooning their running backs or, or maybe it's just the, the standout running backs aren't there in the, in the conference this year. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's the, I think it's the former. I think that there's so much platooning going on. There's so much running back by committee that um, you don't really have a lot of Quinchon Judkins out there <laughs> that just, um, you know, take control of, of a game. So, yeah, I think it's more that. Uh, but, you know, I think with – well, don't you say Auburn, right? Jarquez Hunter probably should be there. But they're going to, uh, A, use him sparing, not sparingly, but 20 touches a game. B, he also had some controversy in the offseason that probably prevented him from, from going. Uh, I think, um, you know, when you have a guy like Raheem Sanders, yeah, you're going to put him on there. Quinn John Duncan, you're going to put him on there. But, you know, even those guys, you know, they're not 30 carry a game back. I think, you know, 10 years ago, those were the guys that went. And now – you only have a few superstars, and even they, you know, split some time. Go ahead. Are, are we? What's what's the main topic you think people are hammering with all the coaches? Is it still the portal, the NIL? Where there always seems to be a common theme every year at SEC Media Days. Is there something there that I'm missing? Yeah, it's the NIL stuff. It's the transfer portal stuff. I mean, it's all that stuff's going to be there, and I really really try to avoid that because they've already answered those questions. Like, I, I don't know what you're going to get that you haven't already gotten from, from coaches. So yeah, it's going to be the, the, I think the NIL is one, but I think more uh, important, not more important because I think they're both kind of silly, but you're going to see a lot of questions asked about, you know, the month of, of December and how that needs to change because of the time constraints. Um, and, you know, I, I guess it's mildly interesting, but it's not the coaches can't do anything about that. What are they going to do? It's not, you know, it has nothing to do with them in terms of making decisions, but that'll be part of it too. Mm-hmm. We were talking about texting them a little bit yesterday, Barrett, and I know expectations aren't super high, but we have a lot of regard for Petrino and the impact he could have if Jimbo doesn't meddle. Well, I hope it works out as well as Houston Nutt and Gus Malzahn did, but what do you expect? Uh, what do you expect there? I mean, are they going to be a little better than maybe anticipated because of his influence, or what do you think? I think they're going to be awesome or awful, and there's no in between, right? I personally think it's going to be a train wreck, but if it works, man, it's going to be awesome, you know. So uh, they've got lots of weapons. Their wide receiving core is stacked. Uh, we don't really know what their quarterback situation is. I mean, Connor Wegman's going to probably be the guy, but how good is he? Uh, we don't know that yet, but. I think, uh, you know, I'm finishing up a storyline speech right now. It's going to run tomorrow. Uh, asking Jimbo and those players as well about how that relationship is so far uh, will be fascinating because it is, I wouldn't say several years, Jimbo's not going to get fired, right? His buyout at the end of the season is like $76,000 or whatever. But if, if he can't succeed with this, I mean, can you imagine what the next few years will be like in College Station? Like, hmm. as, with Jimbo essentially as a lame duck coach? Hmm. Be, it's so interesting. Maybe Petrino time. 
if the offense is successful but they don't win. Who was it? Was it Petrino that was the one that was accused of uh, – who was the one that backdoored somebody at Auburn years ago? It was Petrino interviewing. Petrino? Yeah. Yeah. With Tuberville. At Louisville. Right. They, they flew to Louisville to interview him while Tuberville was still the coach. I would love to see. I don't actually don't want to see him as the head coach at AM, but it would be kind of a funny turn of events. <laughs> I don't know how that would work here. Yeah, I the mean, defense would just have to could stink. Could you imagine Katrino and Steve Sarkeesian in the SEC going at it? Mm. We had a question on our unsponsored text line. Do uh, SEC fans root for Texas and Oklahoma to have a good year this year in the Big 12 before they come to the SEC? I don't. I don't either. Texas is I see I, there are two different uh, schools of thought, right? Like, you want them to get smoked because, you know, it, it shows that coming into the SEC, they're going to be even worse than they were. And, and I think on the other side, wouldn't it be fun to have them, one, one or both, come in, like, as Big 12 champs slash Big 12 uh, uh, championships and participants? Either A, to have a, a lot more eyeballs on the league, or B, to laugh at them when they get smoked in the SEC. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think both of those. You, you could answer it a couple of different yeah. ways. Um, so I, I think that would be a fascinating question to ask after the season if, if they do, if it's one or both as successful. I was reading a story on ESPN this morning. I normally only read CBSSports.com, but I saw a story this morning and it said, um, Texas is mired in its longest drought of not winning a conference championship in school history. 13 years since they've won the Big 12. Hmm. That is hard to believe. Oklahoma is not. It really is. Oklahoma is not, but they are also not going to win it this year, I don't imagine. Um, (laughs) Also, it was spoken about, they uh, they were asking Mike Gundy about the Bedlam rivalry, and it looks like, in his opinion, it's dead. So it's not going to happen. They won't continue on. It's unfortunate, but. Yeah, that'll that'll be the new Texas, Texas A&M, more of words, you know. Yep. Well, eventually Oklahoma State can join the league, and we'll be all good again. Sankey uh, got a contract extension today. It was announced through 2028. Gregory Sankey? Yep. Yes. You think he's still, Will he be here in 2028? You think he lives out that contract? Lives out? He's a young man. No. Like, yeah, he's still go young. somewhere I think else. He will. I think, no, I think, he'll, I think he'll still be there. Uh, because, you know, the playoff committee playoff. or the, the head of the playoff, you know, Sankey's kind of instrumental in developing that. I don't know if he'll take that job. And, and I don't think anybody wants to. The head of the NCAA, although Baker's taking it, but or has taken it, I guess. But, no, I think he's in for the long haul. I don't think I think he's the Roy Kramer, Mike Spies. Like this is his forever job. How much does he make, Barrett? Do you know? I don't know. I, there was a disclosure a couple years ago, but I know that's changed. Yeah, I was scrolling through the uh, the press release looking for a lot of zeros, and I couldn't. I didn't ever see any numbers. Greg Sankey, sorry, I'll it, look it up. It's up there. That's for sure. Like ten million? Up, ah, he can't be that much. Eight million? It says here this is uh, May nineteenth. As for other Power Five conference commissioners, Greg Sankey received more than three point seven million in total compensation in two thousand twenty one. So I bet he's around five. Yeah, that's probably about five. I'm honestly surprised three point seven was is mm-hmm. that was so bad. Like, you know, two years ago. Well, yeah. what about Sam Pittman's making? More than that. More than six. That, yeah. Six, <laughs> I think. Oh. Yeah, we just actually they just disclosed all of the uh, salaries for the state employees recently, and Pittman was on there, and Musselman, and all those guys. There's an assistant golf coach making over a hundred grand at Arkansas. That was the one that popped off the page at me. Really? Yeah, that's a good gig. Good for him. That's what I'm saying, bro. Didn't pay six figures to play golf. That's awesome. 
Well, Arkansas has a very good golf team, too, though, I will say that in their defense. I'm glad they got that kind of well, cheese. Maybe he can coach me because I played awful yesterday. So. Well, I'm sorry about that. Welcome to my world. Well, listen, you, you did a great job here. Enjoy your time in uh, Nashville. Are you excited about the location this year? I don't hate that Broadway is going to be a block from where we have our, our, our meetings. So, yeah. yeah I, that will be a lot of fun. I am, I have been to Nashville in several years. So I'm excited. Oh, such a great town. I'm getting to go there a couple times this year. I'm excited about it. All right, Barrett, safe travels, buddy. Thank you for the time, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, y'all. See you. All right, see you, buddy.